0: best show. Begin now.
1: We're live. Um, got a mixed show. I don't know if there's... The start might... We might start slow, but it's exciting at the end, so stay for the end. Uh, first, let's start off with shout outs. Xavier,
0: what do you have for a shout-out now that your computer's working? Finally. I always struggle with this tech stuff. That's why I got you guys here for. So, um... As always, like and many... so you can
2: do homework during the show. Not
0: today. We're, we're scratching any homework. Homework Plugging doesn't exist. USB
2: your computer is intense tech. Well, yeah, there's some other buttons. There but no other back
0: button. to business is <laughs> I like to pick my shout-outs usually with the Illinois-Chicago area twist. And I don't think I gave him a shout-out before, but this week I'm going with Flynn Nagel, wide receiver for the Dallas Renegades of the XFL He's arguably one of their most reliable receivers this uh, season so far in the very young XFL season career. And he has, here's a couple of stats we got going. He has been targeted 21 times, and of those targets, he's caught 19 of those passes, so pretty solid. Uh, 171 yards, only one TD. I think he also had uh, a point after as well, and uh, he's had some success. Uh, I'm going to try to work and get him on the show because XFL, like, how do you make the jump? Like, he went from college to just, like, he worked out for the uh, drafts and stuff, but then sat around, I guess, but continued to work out, and I guess XFL called, so I wonder
2: how that works out, but uh, who's your shout this week? Nick? Um, my shout out this week goes to the Milwaukee Brewers front office. Um, huge signing today, signing Christian Yelich for the long haul. Um, and actually didn't spend it like it's a large amount of money, but if you break it down year by year it's not not an outrageous amount of money. So hopefully we can kind of do the Tom Brady thing uh, with Christian Yelich and bring in some other guys around him and hopefully bring home a title to Milwaukee. That would that's uh that's the dream. Oh, well, my brother said it will never happen. It would never happen. Let's let's hope that he's wrong because I would love 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 to see that. Tom, who do you got for a shout out uh, this week? Cl- classic Nick's brother always being right. Classic. <laughs> I
0: think Nick's brother should be on the show. Nick's brother would make for a great guest. Do you want to call him? Uh, we should sometime. Maybe once in we, know, we get I, the phone to work. Or, or just pick up your phone. Call him. Call him. Not right now. Okay.
1: <laughs> All right. Uh, my shout out of the week um, goes to Xavier Sanchez. For figuring out how a microphone works, um, it took a little bit of time. He struggled through it, but you know, I'm really, I really admire the resilience of of Xavier to you know overcome this challenge of clicking a button to switch the microphone to record and then being able to record it. Um, <clears throat> also, for for Xavier not to do homework during the show, it's just no homework. It's really incredible. No so this is this is gonna be a good show. Shout out to Xavier for really stepping it up this week, he's gonna pay attention. 100%. There you go. 100%. 100%, 100% um, attention.
0: I'm just trying to grow the viewers and get them up. And uh, make sure you tell anyone who's listening. there. There's probably some coming in uh, to continue listening. And we're just going to hop right into things tonight. It's uh, kind of a dry week. There's been some minor stories, but nothing, like, overly exciting. And I think the wildest star we have going right now is about Spike Lee and the Knicks. So... A tweet came out from some website that's Twitter that I have no clue who they are anymore. But he it's him like struggling to get inside the door. He's been going through the same door for however long, 30, 40 years, probably since he's been a Knicks fan. And he tries to argue that he's not being allowed in and they're going back and forth. Someone said James Dolan said this. And afterwards... He did end up getting inside the stadium and people are trying to be like, oh, there's no problem. He did he did get into the stadium, but wow, that's kind of we got a couple of people tuning in right now, I guess. But a lot of people are accusing the owner of just continued even racism, uh, just n- not respecting the people who support the team, obviously has had Charles Oakley banned now uh spike lee doesn't even want to show up he's like just all out furious and i would be too if you know you've been going through the same entrance forever you know you've been giving this uh madison square garden the knicks dolan probably millions of dollars since he's been going there and to be disrespected like that i'm not one to like back a celebrity and give him special treatment but when you're spike lee and Basically, the ambassador for the team. He deserves a little more respect.
1: Yeah, Spike Lee has been there. Uh, there's no reason for any celebrity to still be supporting the Knicks. They have done uh, very, very little in the um, you know past 10 years. Uh, so the fact that he still shows up to games and like wants to be there, you'd think the Knicks would do everything in their power to make him happy. Because, like... There might honestly be more people going to Knicks games to see Spike Lee than there are to see the Knicks players.
0: Uh, yeah, I agree. If not Spike Lee, there's always someone sitting on that sideline that they're like... like I, I, Besides Taj Gibson and Bobby Portis, I honestly don't know many other Knicks players, and the only reason I know
2: those guys, former Bulls. The way I look at it is, it's fine if you want to take that the entrance away you need to like let them know like a week in advance, it can't just be like the night of like, yeah, oh, you can't use this anymore. Yeah, you need to be like, okay. I
0: wonder did what did they have any like rational reasoning for it or anything?
2: Or just kind of they switched as,
0: up tactics? Yeah, as
2: far as I know, all they said is you're not like an employee, so you can't use this. If he's been using it for years, that's just like the Knicks are terribly mismanaged and everything they do is wrong. They put out like a press release saying that.
0: Here's the press release for you. Uh, The idea that Spike Lee is a victim because we have repeatedly asked him to not use our employee entrance and instead use a dedicated VIP entrance, which is used by every other celebrity who enters the garden, is laughable. It's disappointing that Spike would create this false controversy to perpetuate drama. He is welcome to come to the garden anytime via the VIP or general entrance, just not through our employee entrance, which is what he and Jim agreed to last night when they shook hands. So this came out that night, like, uh, like the day after. So I'm confused. Like, they said they agreed to this, but it sounds like after the fact. So like, they Wait, gave it Like that also
2: never, the like, the pictures, uh, Spike came out, I think today, or maybe yesterday, and said that they didn't even talk. Like, Dolan just shook hands, like they shook hands for like one second, someone sniped a picture of it, and then the, Nick's just posted on Twitter saying that they were, like, cool, even though Spike... Now Spike's even more furious. It's
0: so weird seeing... Because he's like,
2: I was set up, we never talked about it.
0: It does look pretty sad. It looks so weird seeing, like, the most zoomed-in
2: photo on, like, a team's social media. Like,
1: yeah. It looks weird. like it was made
2: in Microsoft Paint. Yeah,
1: like, you know how many professional photographers they, they like, hire and have on court,
0: like, around the stadium all the time? And... The Knicks have a bad track record to begin with, so it's hard to even be in their corner for the situation. I mean, the
2: Goodyear blimp has better pictures, than that. <laughs> They're going to be real.
0: But, yeah, just the way they, like, are phrasing things, this is a pretty extreme PR uh, statement if I've ever seen one myself.
2: The Knicks are just a PR nightmare in general,
0: though. Honestly, they probably use their PR to social media more than any other team. There seems to be one coming out, like, every other day. Yeah, it
2: you got an owner that is very power-hungry, problems arise, and now the PR people are stuck trying to uh, put out... I saw on social media someone should up. give
0: him uh, the Donald Sterling treatment and just kick him out as soon as possible. Because uh, once they found out the like kind of harassment Donald Sterling was doing, they got at him out of the team within weeks, days even.
1: But I, I saw something like over the past... Uh, however many years Spike Lee has been going to games, he's, like, funding their team at this point. Like, they're making so much money off of him, like, paying to be at all these games, like, getting the tickets he has and the... Like, if they, like, ban him, then they... I mean, like I said, there's so many people that are going to those games because, like, they know celebrities are going to be there and they can see Spike Lee or something. There's not much on court happening except for whoever the the Knicks are playing. Like, the Knicks themselves are probably the bottom tier of like who's being who people want to see at the games. It's opponents and it's who else, like what celebrities
2: show up. I mean, it's when, the, not the Knicks. when the Knicks are fun or when the Knicks are good, it's fun to like watch the crowd of people come in that are celebrities because they get a ton. When they're bad, n- nobody except Spike shows up. He's like the yeah. one diehard guy yeah. that they got, where exactly. even if they're bad, he'll show He's up. He's been there the entire time. If you so, wants like, to use you... the employee entrance, you just have to let him. Yeah. Or at least and give like him a really heads up, like I how, said before.
1: How, like, difficult it is? It is it to just keep letting it, let him keep doing that? Yeah. Like, is it really causing that much of an issue that he? Yeah.
2: How how know. much of a, a possible inconvenience could this? Like be? Like at this point, he's
1: basically an employee, but like you don't have to pay him. Like he's, he's paying, paying you. you yeah, and exactly. He should have that access because he's been there for so no, long. He's yeah, been there no, longer I, than most most of their employees have. So
2: I completely agree.
0: So. um... On to us a little bit more elsewhere in the NBA is um, I'm bringing back the Sanchez stat and this week I saw a graphic that was posted to social media that shows 30 points per game in a month for the Celtics at like, all time. Uh, Tatum just had this, the graphic brought, was brought up because Tatum just averaged 20 or 30 points per game for the February month. Mm-hmm. Before him John Hevelcheck did it in 72. Paul Pierce has done it twice. Larry Bird has done it six times. And it's still crazy to think Isaiah Thomas has done it three times for this team. And Isaiah Thomas bounces back from team to team, and we have yet to, like... Is he even on a team, do you know?
1: No, because he, he, he was, was just part of wave. that trade and then
0: waived right did away. You, but you, you got to think he is valuable somewhere in this league because there's so many like random bench guys that I feel he deserves yeah, a better par- spot. Yeah, but part of
1: it is that you have to pay Isaiah the Thomas cost, for the that, name Isaiah did. Thomas on yeah. top of like what he's bringing you whereas that if you tough. if you have a bench guy that you, you aren't going to give many minutes to, you can pay him a lot less yes. than you would have to pay Isaiah Thomas to be that bench guy. That's what stinks. And, and at, he's 31
2: years old. That's not your by He's not necessarily
1: he really true. he hasn't necessarily been the same since he had that hip injury and like carried the team in the playoffs back I don't remember what year that so was. So what we're saying is ago.
0: the Celtics are to blame for these last couple of years. No,
1: he just hasn't been the same player. That's not to blame the Celtics. It's just to say that like I don't know, people 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 have decreasing talent when they're get when they get older. Hmm. And he was always up against a lot more opposite like a lot. M- he was already having more difficulty th- just based on his size. He was going to have a lot more to overcome. So He's probably going to decrease faster in talent when he gets older because what he was using was his speed, and if you're slowing down, you don't have like strength or or like height to to kind of balance that out.
0: Uh, definitely, I agree. Um, also, um, this week on Twitter, I saw no one else came across this, but probably me. But uh, everyone likes to look back at things that happened in previous years, and a clip of Allen Iverson. Uh, doing a crossover on a guy named Anthony Daniels twice, so he gets some. The guy falls, and a- Daniels gets back up and gets crossover again. I think this might be the funniest tweet in uh, NBA this week. Is I'll never forget how wet and slippery the floor was in Philly that day. Tries to like pretend like it wasn't Allen Iverson's great skill that got him uh, crossed over. But yeah. Do you think AI could cross you, Alex? AI would. I would actually break my legs and my knees ankles. and ankles. I might, you know, I don't know how many people get paralyzed by being crossed over, but it might paralyzed. happen. It <laughs> might happen. I might hit the floor hard. Um, but also, um, you had a discussion topic for NBA that you're thinking of. A lot of great young stars in this game: Zion Williamson, Trey Young, uh, Luka Doncic. And there's one more that you brought up. Oh, John Morant. Yep. What, what, what were you thinking on that one?
1: See, see how he added Luka Doncic because he wants to choose Luka Doncic, but that wasn't part of the original. Yeah, originals. that wasn't part of the original nah, there's thing I
2: I guess my question for you guys, some some serious rising stars this, this year in the league, who would you rather have in the long-term future? Would you rather take John Morant? Or would you rather take Trey Young? Tom or Trey Young. Honestly,
0: this this is a tough one for me. All
1: right, I I I'll like go, Tom to go first. I'll Tom go first. Tom's been kind of quiet this. But week. I'm but I'm ele- like I'm not going to give you the answer you want or any answer that you would appreciate because. Mm. Thanks for that. Because my basketball analytics mind tells me that, like, it's completely dependent on which, like, what you're, the rest of the team is. I would take John Morant probably because I think he can create more and is more, like, I don't know, like, explosive. Um, whereas both both can pass, like, extremely well. So that's going to happen either way. Trey Young is more of a shooter. John Morant is more of, like, a slasher scoring the paint. Um... And I tend to think, guys, when I when I think of that, like, I mean, if you're looking at the extremes of both of those, I think Steph Curry is like the Trey Young shooter that can pass, and I think Kyrie is the you know slasher, scoring the paint guy that can pass, um, like Ja Morant. And I would take uh, Ja because I think that's going to be more beneficial. He's going to be able to fit into more teams. Um, I think he's just going to like fit well into a, a lot of different teams. Um, dynamics rather than what Trey Young can do. I think both. I mean, would be good, but I guess it would. To me, it would depend on what the rest of your team looks like and what you're like. What kind of you're trying to build? But I'm gonna, cause I have to choose one. I'm gonna pick John Morant. I think that's fair. X.
0: Um. I don't want. I, I kind of want to pick the same, but I really think both these guys. Like Trey Young scores just a lot more. But I've always been a fan of guys that like slice and dice, as Tom uses the word, uh, dash, slasher, slasher. slasher. Uh, but a lot of what they've done this season so far, um, pretty somewhat compatible. Besides, uh, Trey Young has that slight edge on overall points, but they shoot the same from inside, uh, behind the three point arc. They're just like, point one percent difference and um Trae young's just a slightly better free throw shooter but they're they're both um create shots for the other team both high in assists and i'm gonna go with john morant but if you let me can i still pick luka Doncic? no Ah, uh, that wasn't part of this what about you nick you look uh preoccupied tonight what's on your mind um, he wants to know what you think of this. So yeah, I was waiting, his
2: waiting his for opinion. you to finish. I'm sorry, I don't want to cut you off.
0: It felt the air felt dry, so I had a. To...
2: I would take Trey Young, Trae Young. Um, for the single fact that he is not afraid to not make people at the basketball. He's that's like his new thing now. <laughs> he just tries not to make. drill between the other people's legs, between the defenders' legs. Trevor Ariza was not happy. Yeah. About that. he basically got punched in the face, ish, for trying to do that. Whoa! Pretty comical Twitter video. If you haven't seen that yet, um, we might have to pick
0: based on new reasons. I've just come across both of their real names. Um, Also, Ice Trey, good nickname. Yeah, Um, I like
1: that nickname. I've heard it recently. I think it's good.
0: uh, Trey Young's name is Rayford Trey Young. Interesting name. You don't hear like why don't we call him Ray? You don't know many Rays.
1: We basically do by calling him Trey. That's, mm, but that's let's almost call, the exact well, Let's call way. him Ray.
0: Uh, but John Morant, Timitris Jamel Morant. Um, he, he goes by Job, obviously Jamel, but I wonder if he was ever called TJ Morant.
1: He doesn't seem like a TJ to me. Okay, I don't uh, know about you. But, but I mean, if
0: you if you watch, I like that name, Timitris. If you watch this stuff. Like, in the
1: tournament last year, he got called... They Anytime they used his name, they would use Demetrius because that's, like, his official name. Yeah. So he got he called that a lot, a lot. last year.
0: Um, I also will pick uh, John Morant because we got a lot of those mid-major schools. You would call that school Murray yeah. State a mid-major? mid-major. So, that's another likable reason. You always gotta root for the underdog. Tree Young went to Oklahoma, big name. You realize
1: you asked Nick what his opinion was, and then you basically just cut right back into it to talk about their names? He paused.
2: Uh, paused. Oh, I didn't pause. You cut me off. You said, wait, I just saw something. Yeah, you said, I
1: just reconsidered based on their names. I feel bad. Back to you, Nick. You should feel bad. Thanks.
2: Thanks for throwing it it back to me. I'm gonna throw it back to you. Oh, back to (laughs) me? Well, look what I got.
0: Some more facts. But, before we go to those... Let us know what you think on Jaw verse I just,
2: I just, I just gave you wax.
0: <laughs> no, I want to hear it again. Like a quick, like one sentence thing
2: on the discussion. I said they're both extremely talented, but I would take Trey Young because he's not afraid to dribble between the defenders' oh, legs. You want Nick likes the nutmeg. Yeah, Nick, Nick's a cook in the kitchen every now and then.
0: Cook or b- baker? What would you say? <laughs>
1: Xavier, is this really part of the... You want this
0: to be part of the show? Yeah, why not? All right. Cooking or baking? Cooking or baking. Trey Young, not Meg. He's cooking. All right, so let's get moving here. Chef Kirk the Kirk. next... Any other NBA thoughts you guys have going forward besides the Bulls, are atrocious organization that continue to not play their best players? Um, did you guys hear about this? Um, this week, a report came out that Uh, They've had like an injury bug, like everyone's been hurt, but uh, Ricky O'Donnell from SB Nation wrote a story about just like players wanting to play, the coach not playing them, and there's just been this tension within the group. Here's a quick little note from what he wrote here, is, give me a second as I pull it up. Um... Now I can't find it. Just basically is these guys okay? Zach and Laurie have been wanting to play 82 games all season, and um, Kobe and Hutchinson's been pla- pushed to play while hurt. You don't ever want to see guys that are young who like there's talent there, but why why even waste them when the season's pretty much trash? And these guys are willing to play, um, and a lot of people are now demanding the team does injuries aren't bad luck. There's an organizational failure because of an outdated mindset, and they must fire Paxson. And I hope that happens. And they're already saying the Bulls might go for Presti from the Oklahoma Thunder, who has a great track record.
1: Um, one that just reminded me of maybe my favorite thing to happen in all of sports this year, uh, Jim Boylan called a timeout during a layup. Um, and so his team made a layup and it didn't count because he called a timeout out <laughs> while he was shooting. And that's just fantastic. Amazing. I can't the believe. The Andy Reid of basketball.
2: I can't
0: believe this guy.
2: That you can't use him when the game's over. I can't
0: believe this guy coached under Greg Popovich for all those years and has been this incompetent to run a basketball team. Incompetent. He.
2: That would be a good drop. Oh, I should try to get that.
0: He calls timeouts with 10 seconds down, like, 15 points on a nightly basis. It's not funny anymore. Just end it. Like, you're putting the team through torture. They go out there trying to win, even with the little coaching that you've done. I, last year, what, we should have known right away when these guys were running, basically, suicides in practice every night. Like, conditioning you do every so often. Not, It's not the same as if you're a high school team. Just madness. But I think that nothing else really this week going on. Uh, it's going to be an exciting couple weeks in basketball as the tournament, cha- uh, uh, conference tournaments happen and then
2: the seedings start to yep. pan out. Conference tournaments next week. The brackets come out. The, the March Madness begins the week after that. Should who's, be a big week for who's us. Who's going to win the Big Ten? It's up in... I mean, it could be... Anywhere. A lot of
0: good teams. Maryland,
2: Literally Illinois. If the Badgers win out, they're the one seed, which Ish. is no crazy because they're not that good. Because, like,
1: last week they were the five seed. Yep. Yeah. No, um,
2: it, it, it looks like a good uh, competition coming forward. Yeah. I, I like
0: I like a lot of the teams. It's, I think a lot of... Different teams won at different times. The, the Big Ten
2: is definitely going to be the best, the best one to watch because all the teams are so even. Yeah. But that being said, there's plenty of other... Great matchups that are going to happen, and anytime basketball is on during the day, during the weekday, like during the day during the weekday, yeah. does that make sense? Yep. Um, that's always great. So I'm very excited. Don't Pumps. skip our movie class to watch
0: basketball. Sounds like the perfect class to skip. You no. can watch the movie later. Nah, I try. I thought I could do that. I can't find Casablanca without paying. You don't.
2: S- you don't stay awake during class anyway. What would you care? Oh, Xavier sleeps during class no. and then he does his homework during our radio show.
0: Classic. All right. I, I think I messed up my system. I'm no longer able to. Live Are you a leaving the life. show? I can't leave the show. This is all all I have right now. <laughs> this is all I have. Right <laughs> this, now. this is me. This is when people see me, they're like the radio guy. I'm like, there's more to me than that. But okay. Um, but you
1: just said there isn't by saying this is all you have.
0: <laughs> whatever. Sweet. It's been a Moving long on. day. We have yet to talk about the coronavirus i know we touched up on that last week yep. before uh, malfunctions and we're ready to malfunctions there we go sorry we're tra- I'm trying to throw in a little vocabulary here and there but sometimes mispronunciations and news came out um did we say not italy teams are the team italy what do you earlier, mean, Italy team like is it all Italian teams? All Italian, the Italian teams teams leagues? Okay, that's are not allowing. I just to... needed that confirmed. Yeah. So we talked about like last week if the Olympics would be canceled and how this would play out, and we're already st- starting to see early teams and leagues set this up. Italy just became probably the first one to say there's not going to have fans in their section. Did do you guys know if they said anything about? Media and reporters. No, no
2: clue about media.
0: Uh, this has happened would...
2: before, though, but it's never been yeah. for like sickness history. It's always been because like a team's like, racist yeah. and then like, they, so, uh, stuff. Or yeah, the one religion. I always
0: recall is a few years ago when the stuff happened in Baltimore. Yeah, the White, the White Sox, Sox and the Orioles played their yep. game with no fan. Yeah, yep. but this but I one think
1: media media. Would still there's be there.
0: still I think it might have been a limited one like certain groups and then I'm assuming
2: there's still a and... lot of media in. Like it's, it's some of these people's jobs. They have to televise. Yeah. No, so. they're definitely they kind of have to, to. That'll
1: be awesome though actually watching a televised professional soccer game not with no be... fans. Because I don't because soccer it's fans are known lot. as being like the wildest chance like, all the time. They, yeah,
2: it's like loud and I think it plays stadiums. a factor into be, those games. It has to be bizarre to play when it's like quiet like that. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, because those
1: those games get you are like it's like Loud in those stadiums,
0: so they've are, uh, some of the other um, things that teams have already started to see is players have stepped away from signing autographs before and after games and practices. We saw well, the
2: leagues told them to do that. CJ
0: McCollum was like the first who made a post on social media saying he wasn't going to sign, and then uh, now I see t- today for spring training the t- probably the best time to get something signed. Um, people are so worried about this that they're not going to sign things, which I, I'm okay with. Like, of course, you go there and you want something to happen, but it seems a lot of people don't want to believe this as being a serious virus. But the stats show, even though there, even though the flu is still like a lot worse. Like any illness, everyone should take proper precautions to not get it. So, I commend them for their decisions, and I don't think we can be angered at uh, those people for protecting their health, because they're not only protecting their health, it's everyone they come in contact through right. that, that day. Right, that's Their, a big their
2: teammates, family, coaches. And along with that, um, the Olympics are... I, they, like, came out with a post and said, the Olympics are going on, um, so... Last week it was up in the air. They they made either a press conference or a post and they said we're going to do it no matter what. There may not be any fans allowed. And then there's been a couple of athletes that have come out on Twitter and said, "You know what, if this is still going on, well, I'm not going to the Olympics because it's not worth it." Yeah. So, um definitely it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Yeah, there's still
0: a lot of time between now and the Olympics. Yep. Like, this could be like a short-term thing if we get if they have the they they If the people in charge recognize it as a serious issue and go through the proper uh, research, uh, people step in and take the proper precautions. The most basic one, I don't get, the amount of times people don't wash their hands. Like, every time you uh, go to the bathroom, touch anything that might be extremely dirty, raw, raw food, wash your hands. But... So many people don't do it, and it seems so basic. I don't understand that. So I, I if if people recognize it as serious, this could become a short term thing. But if it gets close to the Olympics, I wonder how late will they decide? Like, w- will it be like a week or two before the Olympics, and then they realize when are we're they not. supposed to start? I think usually end of July August is oh,
1: usually really? is that late. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was it's like later. Two. I'm pretty sure it's later yeah. in the summer. Yeah. Okay,
2: but. Yeah, it, it would be crazy to see them, because originally they were talking about canceling them, and we were talking last week yeah. about how, it's happened before, but it would be crazy in our lifetimes to have it happen, yeah. have the Olympics just not happen, and to have it not happen for, like, an illness-related thing yeah. would be something, yeah, too. Yeah, because
0: we ta- you said last time they last were canceled during like, World War. War II. Yeah.
2: Yep. Otherwise, they've gone on. Yeah, and the way the coronavirus seems to be going, there's a lot of people that have it that can't get treatment, and then there's a lot of people that I think have gotten sick, not realizing that they've had it, yeah. and they've gotten better, and then they just pass it on other people. I think it's going to get quite a bit worse before it gets better. Ultimately, it doesn't seem like it's that like deadly of a virus, though. I think the it, it's like 3%, and yeah, when Ebola was like a thing, it was like 50%. So... In the grand scheme of things, it's a big deal, but not as big as... Yeah, Like percentage-wise,
0: it's little, but the percent of those people... It's still a lot of people that are getting it or that even have died. But I think over time, we'll see how it plays out, and I hope more teams look to find ways to help prevent it as much as possible. Uh, It would stink to see this whole... Spring and some early summer have no fans and games, but uh, if if it keeps the games going uh, without
2: completely stopping, I'm fine for I that. I mean, I've even seen we enjoy watching the sports. tournaments. In, starts in two weeks. I've seen tweets going out saying yeah, that they're thinking about maybe help holding that in empty stadiums. Yeah, I've which heard would about be it would be weird. Yeah, beyond weird to have Cause I no I, crowd. Because the crowds are already I'll, a little bit mixed there because. Yeah. You don't get like some people are local and then other thing. people are fans mm-hmm. of the team. Right. It's like it's just kind of it's already like, a little bit better. But I think I of the tournament,
0: there. I think of like a couple of the sounds you hear: uh, the basket when someone like gets, hits a shot. Yeah, they
1: mic up the basket. Yep. Uh, <laughs> they mic up the rim.
0: The te- the the fans and the players like the different like ups and down levels. And my favorite: the squeaks of the shoes. We've talked about that before, and I was like, oh, forgot about that one. Because, you know, there's probably a mic on the shoes. And that
1: was Xavier naming
0: different sounds.
2: <laughs> New segment. New segment. Favorite sounds. Think of, think of good ones for next week. We'll okay.
0: talk more baseball next week. I'll tell you my favorite oh, there's baseball. there's plenty stuff. of sounds in baseball,
1: so you'll nope. hear that. Okay. Um, so, is that all we've got, or do we want to
2: move on to the... couple
0: final thoughts. Do you have anything else to add on the coronavirus and what you think? Nope. Nope.
2: Tom's do you have any, like... any thoughts on how to cure coronavirus, Tom? Tom,
0: has your data... Transferred into this topic of discussion. Yet. Have you that. run analytics on the coronavirus? I haven't done
2: it.
0: Last couple thing, uh, baseball news is just will just. Congrats to Nick's team for locking up their main man, Kristen Yelich. Thanks, X. I appreciate that. Uh, Two hundred million. <laughs> that's looking lot. like it
2: means a lot. Uh, not We've as much as some of, of the money. other
0: guys, but uh, should be fun. Uh, he, I think I'm gonna get the numbers wrong, but roughly, he's hit. Like forty nine home runs in like hundred and fifty ish games at Miller Park, and then or at bats like he's like thirty percent of his at bats were home runs, and then he had another it was like a small a very small percent elsewhere. So it should be a lot of fun summers at uh, Miller Park. Maybe I'll have to make the drive up. Would you recommend? Would recommend X. We'll remember
1: recommend. when we talked about doing that for spring break last us? year? And then Xavier oh, said I mean. have to go home yeah. and we didn't get to go.
0: Yep. Yeah, remember when we went to a baseball game, Tom, and Nick didn't want to go? I had to work. I think that's different.
2: It was different. Were you working over spring break? No, I don't he remember was, what I was I think he doing. said he
1: was looking for jobs.
2: I was doing something.
0: Oh yeah, no, I because I had like. Okay, we're gonna move on. Oh, okay, whatever. <laughs> um, but I think that concludes up this in, uh this show today. It's kind of a wild if one. If anyone
1: actually listened to this, they um, they are blessed. One or two people. We went I think. all over the place here.
0: But uh, just briefly, I w- we're gonna do a quick little t- discussion. We had our one of our bigger interviews with. Barstool mean, Big one head?
1: of our bigger. It's the biggest interview I we've know. I, I, like, by far. I, I don't
0: want to disrespect the others, but... We're right. not,
1: but they understand that Big Cat is so. by far
2: the biggest. Okay. Biggest following, for sure.
0: Yeah, I was looking. Uh, he's at like 960,000 on Twitter and another 500 plus on Instagram. At insane to... And has the biggest sports entertainment news podcast, and for him to talk to us was a pretty exciting deal, and I'm glad it happened, and I guess we should share. Any thoughts on you? You were in there with me. Uh, sadly, Tom wasn't there, but he listened to it. To thoughts? it I know, it hurts Like to balance me. He ex- smiled when he said that, but then he said it hurts. <laughs> yeah. it I'll hurt. believe you, whatever. It hurts like being excited for something, and then like feeling bad. Xavier watched
1: me listen to it, and I was like, rocking back and forth, and like I was so <laughs> excited and so mad at the same time. It's a great interview. So, yep. Should we just get to the interview? I think people oh, are dying to hear it. Yep.
0: Yeah, we'll just play it right now. So
1: enjoy this conversation with Barstool Big Cat.
0: Some call him Dan Cat. Some know him as Dad Cat. But most of you know him as. Barstool Big Cat, welcome to our Loris Radio Show. Thanks for coming on.
3: Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Appreciate it a lot.
0: We're huge fans. We we never thought this moment would happen. We're for just real. super excited for it, and I think a lot of people <laughs> a lot of people didn't believe me, but now now they're gonna be believers.
3: Well, I was actually talking to Brandon Walker because he was doing uh, Walk the Line in here before before I got in here, and I actually like this is actually something that I'm. I've reached a point in my career that I actually want to do more of this where it's like, you know, talk to podcasts, people who are trying to come up uh, in radio, podcasts, whatever it may be, because I know that I was sitting in your guys' seat at one point uh, trying to kind of make it, make a name for myself as well. So I'm happy to do it and I'm happy to be talking to you guys.
0: Uh, We're going to start with our first question. Have you even ever heard of Loris College? Yes.
3: Yes, I have. I have. Although, you guys need to get a Division One basketball team and get into the tournament, and then everyone will really know about it. Um,
0: yeah,
3: I, I know, okay, so I had the, the greatest uh, blackjack run of my life was actually at Diamond Joe's in Dubuque. No California, way. So, <laughs> that's yeah. awesome.
2: Yeah, that's awesome. So. I guess my first question is, um, I know you're, I'm a Wisconsin guy. I know you graduated from UW-Madison. Um, what did you originally go there to do?
3: I went, uh, my major was political science and history, so nothing that has anything to do with what I do now. I was a classic case of a kid going to college and being like, I don't know, maybe I'll, you know, I thought maybe I'll do uh, law, maybe I'll, I ended up doing real estate for a while, but I didn't really have a plan, so I was not, I think it's one of those things that if I was in the journalism school, it might have given it might have given me a different path than I am here today uh, because I probably would have done it more traditional, whereas I was completely, you know, I still don't really know the rules to journalism, which I think is a benefit because I'm not a journalist and I can have the fans' perspective and, and be just a regular sports fan. So, yeah, I, I basically went to school for nothing that I use today, and uh, it's a complete waste, but you, everyone should still go to school because you learn how to be a human being.
0: Makes sense. That that kind of makes... Uh, we had our professor who originally is the reason how we, we are in communication, and that's his uh, expertise, the political science work.
3: Yeah. it's Well, okay, so it's one of those things that I, I think that when you go to school, there's a lot of people who are going to college, and they do know exactly what they want to do, You know, whether it be engineers or doctors. And there's a bunch of people who... Are going and they kind of don't know and they end up with political science or history or english and i'm not saying that i didn't learn things that i use today there's definitely like critical thinking and all that stuff and writing papers um and, and just trying to be an adult and be responsible for yourself they're important but in terms of like you know someone who maybe was an engineer versus someone who was a political science major I would say the engineer probably got more skills that they still use today than someone who maybe did something a little different in college.
0: Most definitely. I, I think go, even to this day, I don't know what I want to do, but I know different areas I've learned, I've been introduced to, whether it's my writing skills, uh, working in video or photography. I definitely became more marketable and can fit in many different areas, but it's not to where if I went straight into the science field... I'm in that one the whole time, and that's the main career path. It's hard to diverse
2: from that.
3: Yeah, and it's also, uh, I don't know, how how old are you guys? You know, 20, uh, 22. 21?
2: Yeah, 21, 22.
3: 22. It's, it's uh, you know, I, I do feel a little weird now because I'm 35, and I, I feel like I have at least some life experience that I can impart. But I know that the pressure that people feel when they're 21, 22, 23, and you feel like you have to have it all figured out right away. Uh, and then I look back at when I was that age, I was so stupid. And I didn't like and I mean that in an endearing way. Uh, but that pressure that you feel that like, oh, I graduated college. Now I got to go find a job and be making it right away. I think that that is uh, unfair to a lot of people, you know, 22, 23, and realize that you're probably going to have multiple careers and they're probably going to take you in different directions and figuring out exactly what you want to do doesn't have to happen immediately after college.
2: Mm -hmm. That, That plays like perfectly into my next question. Like, have you always wanted to go into like sports or sports media, something to do with sports? Has that always been like a passion for you?
3: No, I mean, I, I've always been a sports fan. I, I also, you know, it, it's been worked out perfectly with Penn National Gaming buying us a month ago. I've always uh, been a sports better. But I never really had an idea of what I wanted to do. I worked in real estate. I, I always say I had the, the worst timing of a real estate career of all time. I worked in real estate in Chicago in 2000, from 2007 till like, 2012. I got into it. The market crashed to all-time lows right away. And then right when I got out of it in 2012 – it was bouncing back and people were starting to make money again. So I basically worked at the absolute worst time to be in uh, the real estate profession. And I got lucky, you know, I, I think that there's a lot of, a lot of times people get to a level of success and I'm still climbing the mountain myself, but a lot of times people get to a place of su- success and they don't uh, it, you know, acknowledge the amount of luck that comes into play. And I think, you know, if you look at Barstool overall, there's been a lot of luck involved with what we've done And, you know, being able to be kind of right place and and have everything work for us where we build, even though it feels like a rocket ship the last four years, it's been a long journey. Dave's been doing it for 20 years. I've been doing it for a decade, Kevin and Keith. So it's a lot of right place, you know, right time kind of thing that goes on with this. But yeah, I've been lucky and I love sports and I'm passionate about and obviously you guys know that I gamble, so I think that that's all kind of worked to my favor.
0: Mm -hmm. Now, you're you're talking about the 07 to 12 years, and was that when you were introduced to Barstool? How'd you hear of it? What got you into it? And how'd you get the connection to starting
3: there? Yeah, I actually... Dave used to write a column on Covers, Covers.com, which is a gambling website. I don't even know if it still exists. Oh, it, it, it exists. It exists, um,
2: trust me. <laughs> yeah,
3: so I used to I used to be the guy who would go on the forums and just read it and just try to find, you know, stats and trends and stuff, and he did a couple guest columns, and I was like, oh, this guy's funny, and I think I, I think his first few Mortal Locks I probably took for real and was like, oh, this guy's a good gambler, even though he's not, mm-hmm. uh, but that was, yeah, the first introduction, and, and from there on, so... It it was funny that it was introduced during that, you know, finding about gambling. And then now we're here at a point where a month ago we got popped by Penn National and I kind of have the dream job in the fact that uh, talking about gambling and being in this, you know, the gambling world that's going to be growing exponentially in the coming years is going to be a big part of my job.
2: Definitely. Um, I guess my next question is, like, at what point did you think that, or did you realize that like would was big? It's no longer like run of either the Milton office or you're just your satellite office in Chicago. What, at what time did you realize like, man, we really have something here?
3: Yeah, that's a good question. Um, you know, there's been, there's been multiple moments like that. I think, uh, you know, the first time you get recognized is obviously like, Oh man, wow. People are, people are uh, paying attention. I, we had a, In 2014, when the um, Olympics, you know, Russia versus USA in hockey, we had a watch party at Declan's in Old Town in Chicago, and I remember there was like 400 people that waited uh, in line at 7 a.m., and that was a moment where I was like, oh, wow, this is actually kind of resonating, and people are reading Uh, So every single little moment like that, you know, the Blackhawks winning the Stanley Cup in in 13 and 15 and being around those championship teams. I think the the first real, real moment, though, was when the Peter Chernin investment came along. And it was a moment where Dave had dinner with Kevin and I in New York. It was actually, I remember it very vividly because it was the night that Jake Arrieta threw a no-hitter against the Dodgers, I want to say. And because I remember I watched that in a hotel room and I didn't have DVR and I was so mad because I couldn't get any of the clips. But uh, that, that was the night that he told us that this could be a possibility. And I think that was when I first realized, oh, man, like this is bigger than I thought. And there are people outside of our little bubble that are taking, you know, notice to this. But on the flip side, there's been many times where I've been humbled and we've been humbled. And, you know, going out, Dave and I went out with Hank to L.A., uh, I think it was 2014 to pitch the rundown to, like, HBO, Comedy Central, stars, all these places. I don't think we got a single call back. I don't even think our agent called us back at that time because they were like, these guys are duds. <laughs> so there's been a lot of those moments, too, and it's been fun to watch the whole journey.
0: Now, when I, when I think of this long path that Barstool has been on, I, I've been following quite a while. I always watch all the YouTube clips, read the blogs, podcasts. And some of my favorite stuff, actually, some of your earliest videos, the shed aquarium one, the Windy City Thunderbolts, uh, the Sky Games. I think those are some of the funniest things King ever. King Richard's Fair. And I've always wondered, I've always wondered, is there something that you personally used to do, or that Barstool did in the past, that you wish you can do again? Or some things like these events are, are probably a little bit hard because you'd get recognized more. But is there something? that you wish to bring back?
3: Great question again. Um, You know, that, that, like, those videos, I agree with you. I look back at them, and, and it's funny because I think there's also, we see everything with the nostalgia, and, you know, people who've been watching us for a really long time and been with us through the journey see it in a nostalgia point of view because, if you remember, some of those videos at the time, people were like, these stink. And sometimes Dave and I, I think when we went out to L.A., for a couple of videos. I remember Some of the hockey ones. Rocky, yeah, but the Rocky remake we made and there was another video we made out in L.A. People were like, this isn't funny. The When I went to save Detroit, people didn't think that was funny. And now they look back and they're like, oh man, I missed that bar. So it's like, but you didn't like it at the time. But that's, I digress on that. Uh, to answer your question, there are definitely those moments that I missed just because it was, we were all, separated, we never really talked other than the rundown and when we got together it always felt so fresh and new and and different and we were making videos and no one else was really making those type of videos. So that's kind of a moment in time I don't think we'd ever be able to recapture. But for one specific thing, I do and I've I've thrown this out there to, to Dave, to Feidelberg and to Kevin, I wanna go back and compete in the Toboggan Championship in Maine. I wanna do that one more time. I think that was fun. And that would be a fun, like, nostalgia one that we could do that I think people would really enjoy if we got back in those uh, skin-tight suits and tried <laughs> to go down whatever that hill was in the middle of February in, like, northern Maine.
0: Yeah, Yeah. actually, yesterday we were just talking about uh, the Winter Olympics and some of those winter sports that are a little bit goofy but would be fun to re-watch. And that was yeah. similar. Uh, now, yeah. obviously... Many of the people that are going to be tuning in best know you for your podcast, Pardon My Take, PMT. First off, we want to congratulate you on your, we'll say, one-year anniversary of the show. Yep. And... Yep. yeah,
3: because we started on a leap day, so yeah, I appreciate that.
0: And to start off, uh, there's been a multitude of guests from sports, entertainment, comedy, is... Whether it's been PMT or even the corp interviews that you've done, is there one that you just automatically love, and even has you even re-listening to it?
3: Uh, so I think when I, when I think about like my the best guests or the guests that I most are you know fond about is that the guys or the or the girls who are guests on PMT and they become friends and they become recurring guests in true form so when I when I say that I think of like the first time we had Joe Buck on and that was a a seminal moment where people would respond and say I can't believe I like Joe Buck now it's like wow I think we have something here and Joe has become a friend and he comes on you know once or twice a year and it's always a good time Blake Bortles is another one or Blake Griffin where it's even it becomes less an interview straight up and more just kind of you know, sitting around and chopping it up, and it feels like they're almost part of the show. I think I always look at those as my favorites. Um, and then in terms of like one-offs that I don't know if they'll ever be back on, Stone Cold Steve Austin was obviously a thrill because I-, I love Stone Cold Steve Austin. Um, and I-, I, you know, I'm trying to think of who else was was up there. I mean, there's been there's been a lot of great interviews, and it's I do really feel blessed that I have opportunity to talk to a lot of people that either I watched as a kid or I'm fans of now and be able to have honest conversations with them and hopefully have interviews that are a little different than they do everywhere else in every other type of media. And that's really my goal. When we interview someone, we want it to be different than the interview they just came from or the interview they're about to go to.
2: Yeah, um, going off that, like you you said, you interviewing people that you... Uh, grew up watching as a child and had like admiration for. Do you guys get nervous uh, before any in interviews anymore? Because you you've interviewed people from all walks of life, uh, movie yeah. stars to the top sports stars to I mean, all over.
3: Yeah, it's uh, you know th- there are definitely a few. That will happen is that the nerves have changed. So it used to be nervous. Like I would actually get nervous because it was, Oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm going to interview so-and-so, uh, you know, this person, or, you know, like we interviewed Scott Van Pelt, like, Oh my gosh, I love Scott Van Pelt. Now the nerves are a little different. It's more like this might be my one chance and I don't want to screw it up. So for example, the Adam Sandler, uh, uh, interview in December, that was like, okay, I'm not nervous to meet Adam Sandler. But I am nervous that I know that I have 30 minutes and I have to make it memorable and we have to perform to a level that everyone listening will enjoy because if you screw up an interview like that, it's gonna really be disappointing for not only yourself but for all the fans that listen. So that type of nerves still play a factor into the bigger name interviews we do.
0: Honestly, that's the same boat with us today. We've had a range of guests and we're currently recording this on like three different recording devices just in case one fails. <laughs> yeah, we've that, been
3: there. Listen, that's smart. You guys are ahead of the game. We've we've done interviews. You know, we interviewed uh, Coach Dick uh, at his restaurant in Chicago, and the microphone just stopped working halfway through, and we had to use like the mic from the camera, which you can basically hear people bussing tables behind us. So that happens, and uh, there's nothing worse. That actually happened with the JJ Watt interview. Uh, the first one, we were nervous for that because it was obviously a big culmination of a storyline for us, and uh, the mic we hired, we hired all the professionals, the correct professionals, and even with all that, it sounded terrible, and I, you know, it's one of those things that just happens, and uh, it's, it's really, really frustrating when it happens, but it also, it, you know, if, if your fans know that you're just as frustrated as they are, I think you get a, away with a little bit more, because you wear it and you tell everyone, "Look, I'm I'm more mad than you." So, you know, this is what it is, and we'll try to get better.
2: Definitely.
0: Um, with any in sports, they have pregame rituals, postgame things. Um, with your podcasting, I want to know: Is there something that you tend to do, or you do it as a group, be- before or after each podcast? Huh.
3: Uh, I mean, in the football season. So our schedule changes. So it's obviously we tape Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday. Uh, during the off football season, we're usually tape around, you know, five o'clock, six o'clock, and then, it, you know, release it later that night or early that next morning. In football season, because the games are on so late, Thursday night, Sunday night, we'll be in the office till 1, 2 in the morning. So for those nights, we'll usually get some smelling salts going, couple Red Bulls maybe get yourself pumped up, uh, but that's really the only ritual is smelling salt. And I know we do it as kind of a joke, but it also, we kind of need it because if you watch football all weekend long and then you have to record a podcast at 1 in the morning on Sunday night, it, it definitely wears down, wears you down. And by like week 12, 13, you're trying to do anything you can to try to get up to that level.
0: Definitely. I think of any time I eat a little bit too much after – on a long weekend by by Sunday, I'm sleepy, ready to crash, but there's still that Sunday night homework I gotta finish.
3: Listen, I the one thing that I you know that, that I I love my job more than anything, and I really am lucky and 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 love doing it every single day. But there is like that feeling of I really kind of sometimes wish I could watch a Sunday night football game at home and just go to sleep right after. I wouldn't trade it for the world, but there are definitely those times where it's like I kind of wish I could just like you know crawl into my bed after a Sunday night football game and just have a relaxing Sunday. So that is the one thing that we really do have to sacrifice when it comes to football season.
0: Uh, We're pretty much closing in on the last couple questions. These are kind of just random thoughts I've had. Um, Whenever you introduce all these different uh, people and have you talk about what they do for their job. Uh, d- nicknames. I want to know if you can give yourself your own title or any descriptors to describe you for any podcast or show that you're on. What would you pick?
3: Ooh, okay. I'll use. Uh, I'm gonna steal John Rostein. Uh, I'm gonna steal his phrase that he. I think he created it, but he's called me now America's roommate, and I kind of like that one. Okay. Maybe maybe America's roommate, but then in parentheses it says. Uh the first six months that you live with the person before you start hating them and the dishes pile up <laughs> and they maybe, you know, use your Xbox controller too much and screw up the saved season you have on Madden. Before that, that's that's that type of America's roommate.
2: I would say that's about a perfect description for yourself. Yeah. That one works well. Yeah. And then yeah. uh this is
0: more general, it doesn't have to be industry related, but any advice to two graduating seniors on uh, being a person in the real world, whether it's jobs or just life or things I should possibly do early on in life rather than waiting?
3: Yeah, yeah, so I have a few things. I mean, one is networking is always like, it seems like a chore, but... A lot of times, you know, who you know and who you've met always helps you somewhere down the line. And more than that, it's, it's uh, you know, if you have a job and you leave the job, leaving on good terms, making connections that, you know, not burning bridges, I think that's very, very important in life because you never know when you're going to come back around with someone else. And then, uh, you know, when you graduate and you're in your early 20s, like I was talking about at the beginning of this interview, Not taking yourself too seriously and realizing that you got a lot, a lot of life in front of you and not everything has to be super important. Not saying that you shouldn't take what you're doing work-wise, career-wise seriously, but just know that not everything's life or death and you're going to make mistakes and there's going to be days that stink and there's going to be days that are great and trying to keep that even keel is really, really important. And uh, I I guess the, the last thing would be that... Don't do the thing, uh, you know, I, I, probably, I probably was guilty of this a little bit, but don't do the thing where you just want to want to get older faster or like, hey, I'm 25, I feel so old. 25 is not old. Even, even myself right now saying 35, and I'm saying, you know, I feel old. You know, I'm a father, and I, I feel old. But I, I'm really still young, you know what I mean? Like in, in the grand scheme of things, I'm young for this profession, and I still feel like I have my best days in front of me. So don't be the person who is 25, 26, 27, who's like, oh, I don't want to go out tonight or I don't want to go on this adventure or travel here because I feel so old. You're going to have more than enough time to feel old, and and if you're in your 20s, you shouldn't feel old for a single day. So don't be that person and enjoy everything.
0: Wow, I think I'm going to be re-listening to these last 90 seconds uh, probably every day. Those are some good words.
3: Yeah, I, I mean, it really is like, I, I can't stress it enough that, you know, just don't take yourself too seriously and, and keep trying. If you if you have something that you're passionate about, if you have something you want to try, do it, you know, give it a shot. And, and I think more than anything, it's like, yeah, maybe you'll have to uh, work two jobs or you'll have to do, you know, your passion on the weekend or at night while you work a job to pay rent and everything. Now is the time because you do have the energy and you don't have a family and you don't have uh, responsibilities that you'll have later on in life. So take advantage of this time, you know, right when you graduate, for the next ten years or so, and go chase your dream and try to make it and do everything you can. And if you fail, who cares? Guess what? There's a million people out
0: there who fail. I fail every single day, and I still am doing the job I love. You know, uh, today we actually failed. We didn't even say our names. It's true.
3: That's okay. That's okay. You get, listen. That's that. I the last tip I'll give is. Always screw up just a little bit, so that way it's an easy fix. So next time you do a big interview, you say your name, and then you're fine.
0: All right, I appreciate it. I just want to say uh, we appreciate you taking this time out of your day to come on the show. We know you are a very busy guy uh, with work, your family life, and just everything in between. Uh, on behalf of Loris College, KLCR, Tom, who's our other co-host who couldn't be here today, he's devastated, but want to toss his oh, come name in on, there. Tom job Come interviews. On, um, what are you doing? The, the only professional of the group. Uh, Nick to my right and myself Xavier, thank you so much for being our guest today.